welcome to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with your hosts, Buddy Cisel Esquire and Evan Ginsberg. And Evan, would you like to uh, introduce our very unique guest for this evening? Absolutely. He is the author of Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich, about Lance Von Erich. He is Vinny Berry, and Vinny, amazingly, is almost a double for Lance, you know, physically, yeah. facially, and it's a shame we can't see him today because he is dashing, but what can you do? We're going to do a audio interview with uh, Vinny tonight because of... He, he's right by the border of Mexico, like every third country song. So uh, <laughs> our option, the internet issues have prevented us from having him on screen. But regardless, he is Vinny Berry. How are you tonight, Vinny? I am doing well. Thank you for having me on. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. And Buddy has a million um, Lance questions and WCCW questions. But let me start with this. I heard you on another broadcast, and I just find it fascinating that the fans of the Von Erichs have some kind of, you know, grudge against Lance. And yours truly, I'm a WWF fan, and I've spent my entire life living in the New York area. And I enjoyed the Von Erichs like everything else. But when I saw Lance, I was like, the guy's a good wrestler. He's giving 110%. He looks great. He rose to the occasion. He didn't have a ton of experience at the time. And he still came out each and every night and put on good matches. And, you know, it's like I grew up on the Valiant Brothers. They weren't brothers. Before that, the Graham Brothers. They weren't brothers. I mean, I don't understand the hostility. And, in fact, I saw one guy when you were promoting... The uh, the book on one of your pages, the guy writes fraud exclamation mark, and I'm going, this guy's an obsessive. I don't I don't understand why somebody you know doesn't grasp. It's like an actor playing a role. What's the big What's the big issue, Benny? You you know what? That is the million dollar question. It's like it it is the 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 weirdest thing. The um, with the Von Erich Nation, as they call them, the Von Erich fans, they are they are loyal to a fault, you know. And um, God love them. They're you know, they're. I've lived in Texas most of my life, and I, I'll tell you, the people down here are incredible. But I've never seen anything like the loyalty to the Von Erichs. Um, there's a lot of people that have already told me uh, I'm not going to read the book if it's not approved by Kevin. Uh, well, for your information, Kevin wrote a passage in the book, the you know, uh, basically a forward. Um, so he contributed. But yeah, it, it is. You know what? He he doesn't understand it either. And he talks about in the book is that after Fritz went on TV, things changed from night and day the way that the people treated him, and and he wasn't treated kind kindly at all. You know, and. Yeah, it's it's wrestling, people. You know, it's it's not like it's the first time anybody did this when Fritz did it. But if anything, if anything, it's the promoter's decision, it's the booker's decision, or whoever the case may be. And he was just playing a role, which he did particularly well. 
And I, I'm going to throw this one out, and then I'll give it over to Buddy. Um, you know, I even said, you know, you know, he's welcome on the show, and you're like, he's not doing publicity for the book because of all this nonsense. And, you know, I think people should embrace the guy, you know? It, you know, I mean, look, I, like I said, I live 3,000 miles away in New York, and I don't have the same emotional attachment to the Von Erichs as a Texan would. But I watched Lance von Eric on TV, and I enjoyed him. I have no issue with the guy. Yeah, you you know what? I I agree with you, Evan. I I, I go back and I look at his work, and I'm like, what what's the problem? And you know, he talks about in in the book about him being an extremist. You know, whatever he did, that he went, uh, you know, just all out. To uh, to do whatever it was, whether it was wrestling or starting a business or lifting weights or you know anything, riding his bike when he was a kid, you know, whether it was good for him or bad, he just he did it full throttle, everything. So you know, I know that's where his passion was in wrestling too. He wanted to be good at it, but you know. He felt like he had a lot of pressure on him. He admits that he wasn't quite ready to wrestle with the Von Erics when it was time to wrestle for the Von Erics. And there was a lot of pressure on him, you know, performing at that level because uh, Lance also, too, you know, he says he works with worked with a lot of great wrestlers in the business, but he credits the second generational wrestler, you know, guys like the Von Erics and the Funks and Kelly Kaninsky and Matt, uh, Matt Bourne and, you know, Steve Simpson, guys that have been around it since they were little kids, you know? Yeah. And so that's what he was up. He was, you know, you know, Fritz was wrestling with those kids all their lives. And, and messing with them and teaching them things so they could do that thing and they, they could wrestle in their sleep. I'm sure. Okay, buddy. So what, what I've always thought of with, as Lance, of Lance Von Erich, because I did watch him, you know, as he first came into uh, world class. I think Lance is sort of like the new Coke, you know, you could sort of call him the new Coke of wrestling. But he was stuck with a name that he shouldn't have been stuck with if he was something else, if they had made new Coke and they hadn't replaced, you know, Coke itself with a new formula, but instead, you know, called it, you know, super soda or something like that, it probably would have been a popular soda. But the problem is trying to take on that Von Erich name and trying to bring him in when people knew he wasn't a Von Erich back in the day when kayfabe was such a you know, still ruled the roost and, and people were still, you know, possessed by, you know, the appearance of things being legitimate when, you know, deep, deep down we knew they weren't. Lance was sort of a victim of that era and people, you know, wanting to say he's not a real Von Erich, you know, he's not, he's fake, you know, and, 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 and I think that was, I think, one of the things that sort of stood in his way. If he had been able to really exist on his own and be his own wrestler with his own ID, I think he would have been a lot more successful. What do you guys think? I, you know what? I, I think you're right. You know, if he maybe 
stuck as Ricky Vaughn, you know, I, I don't know if he would have, you know, because when he came to world class, they put a rocket on that kid. I mean, he was wrestling with the Von Eriks and he was, uh, you know, main, main event status right away. But if, if there was people, you know, there's a lot of people today, you know, you, you haven't brought up a very good thing about, you know, about nine months ago, I started, you know, uh, testing the temperature in the room with this book, you know, putting Lance Von Eric pictures on, uh, on, you know, Von Eric group pages, you know, hey, Lance was my favorite Von Eric, or this is my favorite Von Eric and stuff like that. And, you know, just to test the temperature. And boy, a lot of people came out, you know, like you said, made comments like they did. Um, a lot of everybody says today that, oh, I knew he wasn't a Von Eric all along. Well, you didn't act like it when he was there. You know, you watch those old videos on, on WWE Network. And let me tell you something. They're mobbing that kid just like they're mobbing Mike and Carrie. They're all over him. You know, I mean, they are just loving that kid. And, uh, you know, David Manning, who had a, a strong, strong pulse, uh, and I talked to him quite a bit for this book, um, said that people bought in to Lance Von Erich as a Von Erich. So a lot of people, maybe they feel duped, you know, like, oh, I can't believe I fell for that. I knew he was fake all along. Man, people are, are just finicky, or I, I don't know what it is. It's 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 odd to me. Vinny, the the irony is, I grew up in New York, and I used to see Waldo von Erich, and he right. he would he would pose with Nazi regalia, and he was like the nicest guy on the planet. He just he just played a role particularly well, and I found out after the fact. I had no idea. He was the he was the opponent who wrestled Bruno the most. I thought it was Kowalski, but Waldo von Erich, time and time again, drew money playing a Nazi with the emphasis on the word playing because he was not. So they're all playing roles, and right. you know, I I feel bad for Lance because. Like I said, he was a young guy. He looked like a million dollars. He gave 110%. He put on good matches. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like, he, you know, ironically, Mike Von Erich was, was no wrestler, you know? I, I mean, I right. hate to speak ill of the dead, but um, when all is said and done, Lance did a good job. And, you know, 30 years later, 35 years later, whatever the case may be, to, you know, to not even be able to, you know, do a publicity campaign for his own book because, you know, for whatever reason, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. It just seems unfortunate. I feel like the guy got a bad rap. Well, I, I think you actually really hit on something that that is why people act so differently with the Von Erics than they do with then with other wrestlers like you talk about the valiants or something like that or the grams you know not actually being brothers is the fact that that there there was that star-crossed element of the von erics where they had so many of them die in such tragic circumstances that the idea that lance was sort of brought in as a fake family member i think people sort of felt that was distasteful in some ways like 
Like, you can't add to the Von Erich family artificially. The, the Von Erichs were just something that needed to be, like, in, on, in itself, on its own pedestal. And that you couldn't just add some fake guy in there and have it be okay with the fans. They weren't going to accept that substitute. Uh, that makes perfect sense, but what is the line between loyal and obsessive? It's 30, 35 years later. The Von Erichs, yeah. obsessive is all that there is. There, uh, would you agree with me, um, Vincent, that there, that there are no mediocre fans of the Von Erichs? There are people who, who can't stand them, and then there are people that treat them like the religion. You know what? I never saw anything like it before in my life. And I lived like 10 miles away from those guys. And, uh, man, you know, 3,500 people went to David Von Erich's funeral. Wow. You know? And that was amazing. And and I don't know what the number was on Mike's, but, you know, when, when those tragedies happened, you know, it was like your, uh, like it was your relative. You know, the Von Erichs were, were a household name to the non-wrestling fan, you know, and everybody up there felt it, you know. I mean, you didn't have to be a wrestling fan, you know, and you felt it in the community, in the in the city, you know, when David died and Mike died and Carrie died and, oh, my gosh, and Chris. I remember all of those deaths because everybody wore it you know, on their sleeve and on their heart and on their face, you know? And, um, you know, everywhere you went, people were talking about it. You know, going back to what you were saying, Evan, about the, the Von Erich and you brought up Waldo, I've never heard anybody say that Waldo's not a real Von Erich in the way that they do it to Lance, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's like... They're accepting of him, but they're not accepting of Lance. And uh, and then you know you were talking about the tour. Um, I've asked him. I I've asked him, and he's like, yeah, I'll I'll do all my yeah I'll and you know his schedule is the way that it is. But honestly, he is so far removed from the the wrestling business. He didn't even, you know, if if this guy did not fall in my lap, there would be no book. You know, and we had we had Billy Graham teaming up with Luke Graham. All of a sudden, these guys are relatives. You know, <laughs> Jerry Graham with Billy Graham. You, you ever see two guys look less alike? Than, yeah, than right. the, the irony also is that the WWE never mentioned that Lanny Poffo and Randy Savage were brothers. Yeah, and they were on the same shows together. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. so basically, you have selective indignation and. You know, not to be repetitive, which is not what you want to do on a radio show, but I feel that Lance got a raw deal. I like the guy. And, you know, I'm a purist. You know, I'm an old school, jaded purist. And I, I just always felt bad like this kid got a raw deal. And, and oh, it still I, seems like it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you know what? And that's why I wanted to tell the story, because I think it's one of the best untold stories in wrestling you know um in in yeah he he did he he seemed to get a a a raw deal about just like you said but you know this book is just not about it uh, lance von eric a lot of people you know 
uh, are going to say, well, you know, I've got a, you, you would, Evan, I know you would believe some of the things I've heard, you know, I mean, you've been in the media business for a long time. So, you know, you can, you can, I'm sure you understand and get it, but a lot of people, you know, have been pretty blunt about how they feel about this book. And uh, yeah, it's a book about Lance. It's his perspective. But man, you know, it covers David Von Erich's death. It covers why they brought in Lance. You know, if the Freebirds, they, if they didn't have that Freebird and Von Erich feud, which was their bread and butter for about, I can't tell you how many years. It was on and off for a, a long time. You know, it started in 82, and I think it fizzled out in 89 or something like that. But after 87, I kind of lost uh, passion, you know. Um, you know, uh, I think a lot of people did, you know, because of the tragedies that happened. I think, you know, um, people, like we say in the book, you know, people were left brokenhearted. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you know so... You had that Freebird and Von Erich feud. You had David Von Erich died. They needed somebody to come in because Mike wasn't quite quite ready. But you know, they they took this guy that was that looked really good physically, could pass as a Von Erich, and the downside was that he really he couldn't wrestle. You know, and this guy would have never wrestled in a million years. Was nothing he ever wanted to do ever well i'm sure i'm sure he saw the ups and downs of the wrestling business because he was in a unique situation and uh you know tell us some of the highlights of the book you know the highlights you know he he comes in you know in the beginning of the chapter he talks about how uh you know how he got started into lifting weights you know he he grew up as a, a as a very chubby kid um overweight and uh a very domineering mother who was you know uh the way he describes it almost starving him uh to lose weight you know where she would put him on the atkins diet and he was just you know very active kid um, you know, we talk about uh, him being an extremist, you know, uh, it mentions in the book that, you know, he would ride his bike so far from the house that he would have to call his mom up because he couldn't ride his bike back. You know, and that theme of being an extremist is throughout the book, you know, and then it talks about how David Manning uh, discovered him, you know, and and him going into meeting Fritz and and learning how to wrestle. But it goes, it, it, he touches on, you know, he was there uh, during, you know, uh, when Gino Hernandez overdosed. You know, he was there when, when Mike Von Erich committed suicide. He was there when Kerry had his motorcycle accident, you know, and he was, you know, there. Um, there was a lot of times that he was the only Von Erich. You know, he had Kerry with that motorcycle accident. You had Mike with his toxic shock syndrome. It took him a while to recover from that. And then, uh, you know, Kevin, Kevin had a, a shoulder injury. I don't, 
that was in 86, but I don't know for how long that was, but there was a period where he was the only Von Erich. And, you know, um, a lot of people may not remember that or want to remember that, but he was, he was basically carrying the promotion. And wow. what you got under, you know, and Evan, what you got to understand is that those turnstiles stopped turning when there was no Von Erichs, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They needed, Fritz needed those boys. So fill us, fill us in because I have no idea post Von Erichs, what, what happened to Lance? Did he work all the promotions or did he just, you know, quit? I mean, what happened after, after the fact? So he did some, um, he did uh, a little bit of wrestling in the United States right after um, World Class. He did a tour in Puerto Rico and he um, did a little bit of wrestling with Ken Mantel. Okay. And at the Wild West Wrestling, Wild Wild West of Wrestling in Fort Worth. Um, it, it it appears if you go to like cage match, it, it looks like he was there for several months and it could have been television tapings and, you know, who knows? Because Lance said it, it I don't remember being it that long. And he said by that time I was out of the country. So he did some traveling and, uh, you know, after world class, he kind of needed to uh, co uh, decompress. Right, right. And so he did some traveling, and he ended up uh, uh, staying in uh, Africa, in South Africa. He stayed and did some traveling uh, there and, uh, you know, ended up, uh, you know, wrestling over there with uh, Steve Simpson's brother and father for a little while. And then when they moved to the United States, he started wrestling with All-Stars Wrestling over there in, in South Africa, which was run by Paul Lloyd Sr., mm -hmm. the father of P.J. Black. Okay. And so he worked with him. And But see, wrestling over there for him was, he, he just says, wow, it was really my best time in wrestling. For one, he didn't have the pressure of, you know, being under the Von Erich model or, you know, having to reach up. I don't know. He, he just he felt like the pressure was off him, but he wasn't wrestling every night. He wasn't wrestling twice a night, you know. Right. And that was the thing that really got him was, you know, he would uh, he, he'd start his day in the in the Metroplex in Dallas, drive 110 miles to Waco for the main of, for the uh, first match, which was say I don't know seven o'clock eight o'clock you know like the little matches during the week at the they'd have like four four matches at the uh, high school gym. He'd do the opener at that, get back in his car in his trunks, drive all the way back up to the Metroplex, do a suburb, and get out of his car run to the ring to the main event and he said that happened many many times yeah that'll way yeah so what is he doing today he is uh he runs resorts over yeah throughout 
actually the world. You know, he travels and he, uh, you know, he's between three different countries. He he loves uh, South Africa. He he uh, loves Israel. He spends a lot of time in Israel. And, you know, that first tour that world class took him over there in 86. He just fell in love with the country and he never stopped going back. He's had an interesting life. I mean, uh, so what's his take on all of this? His 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 place in history. What is his take on it? Well, I, I think if, uh, you know, looking back, you know, if if he could go back and they say, hey, uh, you want to wrestle in Dallas? He would probably say no. Wow. Okay. I know Buddy has a ton of questions about world class. Yeah. Well, one of them, and I, you know, it's, especially because you were a fan during that time. Do you think that there could have been an opportunity for Lance to work heel? You know, he never really thought they, that was something that was never considered. And considering how he was getting heat from some of the fans, maybe he could have used that as a way to, you know, leverage himself into greater popularity. Well, down, you know, down there, when when he was with the boys, you know, when he was working with them, he wasn't, he was popular. I mean, he was, I'm telling you, that dude was the, the cat's meow. But when, here's what happened. So, at that third uh, parade of champions, where uh, two weeks before, or two weeks after Mike died, the third one. So Kerry wins the title at the first one. You had the second one. And then Mike wasn't alive for the third one in in uh, 87, April of 87. Well, Lance didn't go to that event because he had hurt his shoulder uh, severely bad in a in a match by the Nord Barbarian. Nord the Barbarian uh, slammed him on his shoulder, like almost like, uh, well, drove his uh, shoulder into the, the mat as opposed to him landing on his back. And so he uh, took some time off to heal, but he, he basically went AWOL. He just didn't, didn't return. And this is what he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand nobody communicated anything. You know, and and Lance even says that he, you know, being more mature now and looking back, yeah, I should have handled things differently. But he doesn't understand why Fritz went on television and Kerry went on television and saying that he wasn't a relative. He thought that uh, maybe Fritz was concerned that he was going to take the Von Erich name to the WWE. And that's why Fritz did that. But we we don't know. I mean, that's only a guess. That's what Lance thinks. But, you know, he, he thought there was uh, uh, other ways for him to depart. But, uh, you know, he he said that he would have been happy uh, just riding off into the sunset, just disappearing. But he still, he, he just, to this day, cannot understand why Fritz did that. And... You know, if if you're, you know, being a purist or, you know, being someone that loves wrestling and kind of understands and respects the the boundaries of it, you know, you would think, well, why would Fritz break kayfabe? 
you know, if just two years prior or three years prior, whatever it was, 84, 83, that Eddie Mansfield did that and all the pushback that he got, you know, I don't think it set well with Fred's. I don't know if that was, you know, there's a lot of things that happened with world class that you could say, you know, this is what led to its downfall and everything. I don't think it was one thing, but I just don't think that that was good for him to do that. You know, I, what do you think, Evan? Well, here, here's, here's the big question. You know, when talk, when you're talking about Fritz, did he push his kids too hard? That's, that was that's my next question. question. That was my next question. Was See. that just your traditional promoter, you know, drawing money and pushing the guys, you know, like in our movie 350 Days, <laughs> you know, these guys worked an insane schedule. Was that every other promoter or was he pushing his own children beyond human endurance? What's your take on it? Well, I know that, you know, how hot... Uh, of a of a ticket seller those kids were and those kids were packing them in and those those boys could not go anywhere in public without getting a piece of paper stuck in their face and so yes Fritz needed all those boys on the card everywhere they they went because um he was making hand over fist and and those those kids, his boys, were the uh, the bread and butter of that that promotion. You know they were fortunate to have like the Freebirds come in, and those as far as heels, those those were the biggest heels in that territory. And you had guys like King Kong Bundy and Kabuki and Bill Irwin and. Um, some really good heels, you know. Um, Killer one Khan. man gang, one man gang was there. Yeah, yeah, Brody. yeah Bro Brody was a face, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah, in world class, he was. Yeah, yeah. Abdullah, Abdullah was a heel. Yeah, uh, but, Butch Reed and and Ron Simmons did some time in in world class. I remember, you know, they they had uh, the missing link, one of my favorite guys of all time. Yeah, it was was a big in Kamala. The sure. Kamala. Recently but, departed to Kamala. Yeah, I you know the that was something that that I was thinking about too. Is that you know for for a short time, I think world class had that Icarus syndrome where they were looking at being as big as the WWE or the WWF at the time. And what do you think? was the major crossroads that kept them from becoming as big as the WWF. Well, I've, I heard, I've heard a lot of things. I mean, you know, I've heard a, a lot of things like, uh, Black Bart said, and, and I just heard this on a, on a podcast that he, he was talking on that, uh, that Fritz had, they were, <laughs> I don't know, in a meeting with TBS or, or something, Turner Television or whatever, and uh, that uh, Fritz kind of pulled the plug and didn't think the boys were ready. And I don't know. I've never heard that from anyone but Black Bart. 
I don't know if the, you know where he he heard that, but you know, I'll tell you this. You know, after Gino Hernandez died, you know, you had David Von Erich died, and you had Gino Hernandez die, and then you had Mike Von Erich die. Man, I tell you, I, I let me let me throw these numbers out to you. On uh, May sixth, nineteen eighty four, at Texas Stadium. Where you have an open roof, it was about 110 plus degrees, right? You had 43,000 paid customers in there. Wow. Three years later, two weeks after Mike's death, you didn't even break 6,000 people in attendance, and it was 80 degrees. Wow. Those people were were hurt. Those people were you know, brokenhearted. And and what David Manning said what was we could have maybe recovered from about two of those deaths, but not three. And I think that is exactly what happened. People just you know, you go to wrestling for escapism. You go to wrestling, you know, to forget about the tragedies or the the you know, the failures or the disappointments in your life, you know? And then there you there there they are you know some of the and those kids all those kids were young and and had promising careers all of them yeah tragic yeah. well you you also i saw you know um on your facebook page you were talking about carrie von eric and one of your observations was that carrie you know after the foot injury and and losing his foot worked so hard to hide that foot injury and that maybe he could have really done something if he had embraced it and shown, Hey, look at what I can do, you know, as an amputee and as someone who's missing a foot, look at how well I can still wrestle and use that as something to inspire people. There was something about the Von Eriks that was just so like, I guess that the fans loved the Von Eric so much, but there was something hidden about them always. And I think that was one thing that didn't sit right with the majority outside of Texas. You know, that was always my view of the Von Eric's was that there was something kind of an inside, not a joke, but an inside story or, or a backstory that was going on that we weren't really privileged to. And, and that I, you never really trusted them because of that. That, that's that's an interesting observation. I don't know. I, you know, I know they they worked hard on their image, and you know they that was important to them. Kids, kids, and well, not just kids. Everybody adored them. You know, and um, you, know, you know, one thing that that I wanted to mention that I guess I thought about when when you had brought it up, Evan. You know, kind of going back a little bit where you said uh, about. Fritz pushing his kids. Did Fritz push his kids too hard? Well, he kind of had to, you know, if he wanted to keep that promotion up in the in the the money that he was making, you know. I mean, those kids were the ticket. Well, you know that that goes to every corporate. You know, the bottom line is, you know, the be all and end all. But ultimately with the exception of Kevin, obviously, they all died. So maybe 
considering the promotion ultimately went under anyway, maybe, yeah. look, you know, I'm just talking from a fan who was a, part of me, part of me says the guy pushed them too hard, and part of me understands the promoter wants to make money, and they push all these guys too hard, so. But I know, think you, there's a different level when it's apparent. You know, I think if there's there's even more pressure. I mean, Vince McMahon presses you on something. You can just say, screw you, Vince, I'm leaving. But when it's your father, you know, that's doing this and the one that brought you up, you can't say no. That sort of that sort of sports parent on on, you know, steroids is a, you know, uncomfortable um, expression, but but the fact that you're you're a sports parent, but you're amping it up, and you you do see it, you know, with Vince McMahon kind of with Stephanie and with Shane to some level at which he's willing to let you know his son jump off the top of a thirty foot cage and land in the middle of the audience. You know, there's this this thing that you know my kids will perform for me and that they'll do what I say no matter how tough it is. Because that's what I want them to do, because I'm their parent. What do you think of that, Vinny? Well, I don't know. I was I was kind of stuck on thought on that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I I, I kind of I mean, I definitely follow what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, maybe that like the hey, he expects me to do this, or I can't let my dad down. You know, I have to. I you know, I, I don't know. I mean, again, that's all that's all speculation, you know. Um, but yeah, what a tragic story, you know. But ultimately, ultimately, though, when I think of the Von Erics, you know, one, you think of the glory days and baseball stadiums with the free birds. But there's always that feeling of sadness. I mean, I, 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 I've met Kerry Von Erich when he was wrestling on the East Coast here with WWE and even prior with Indies. And uh, you just go, what a nice guy, good looking guy, young guy, you know, sociable. And it's like, you know, to sit there and put, put a gun in your mouth, you know, it just leaves a really, it's a tragic and, you know, it, it's really Shakespearean. It's Shakespearean. The entire family with the exception of one guy and i watched that um what what's the name of the uh, show with dark, all the scandal dark, dark, side of the ring. dark side of the ring and i just when i was watching kevin i was just like okay he's living in paradise you know he's in hawaii or whatnot and it's beautiful and he's you know living his life but you just feel like the guy has ghosts around him he just had that haunted look, and it bothered me for days after I watched that show. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? They're very approachable. You know, Carrie was Carrie was a, 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 a very nice guy and, you know, very personable, very just, just a sweetheart, right? Kevin, uh, you know, I reached out to Kevin for this book. And uh, we 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 talked via text, and, and one day for about two hours. And so, 
you know, and then I reached out to him again uh, recently and just really nice, you know, and wanted to know how I was doing and was hoping I was doing well. So, you know, he, uh, you know, they're, they're good guys. But, yeah, I mean, I've tried to put myself in his shoes many, many times. I have one brother. I have one sister. My sister passed away. That was very, very painful. I don't know if I could go through that five times. Mm. And he went through it five times. You know, he had a little, he had his, his brother, his oldest brother, Jack, was electrocuted in, in 1958 or 59. Yeah, it, it feels almost like the Kennedy curse, one after another after another. And he's the last man standing. And, uh, like I said, he just had this like haunted look to him. Maybe I was reading too much into it, but uh, you know, I felt for him. I'm like, how much pain can one person go through? How Absolutely. much pain? Yeah. yeah. No, no. I and and trust me, a, a lot of people. I've heard that. You hear that if you, especially here uh, in Texas. Everyone says, wow, man, can you believe, Kevin? I mean, you hear it. It's not every day. Not now, of course. But, you know, especially when when those kids died. Oh, man, I, I would hear my parents just, you know, oh, my gosh, they lost another son. And, you know, everyone said it. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people feel bad for Kevin, you know, because he, he did have to endure a lot of tragedy. And, and then here he is, you know. And, you know, it says a lot for him to keep on going because, you know, I mean, hey, he had three brothers commit suicide. How tragic is that? And, oh, and Also, and Eddie, Eddie and Mike Graham and another member of the family. So, you know, there's yeah. a lot of tragedy in wrestling and I could. I can see it affecting the fan base after a while. Like, like Buddy well, said, like you guys said, you know, you want to go to a show, have fun, escape your problems, and you know, when when it's right in front of you, it's 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 tough. It's tough. And you know, this was something I was also going to to bring up, which is that that do you feel, Vincent, that that the way that the Von Erichs were kind of also symbolized sort of Texas and what was going on in Texas and sort of like a microcosm of Texas itself and its fall from glory in a way that, that you have the drugs, you have the, 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 the appearance of looking fantastic, but behind the scenes, there's all this ugliness going on. And I think maybe the people of Texas had a hard time dealing with the fact that these were true products of Texas. You can't get anything more Texas than the Von Erich family. That just the the Alamo isn't as Texas yeah. as as the Von Erich family. And so as the Von Erichs went, so went Texas. I mean, I'd say maybe I'm drawing too much there, but I think that their their losses and the 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 drugs that were going on in the background and, and all the unseemly things that were kind of going on, when those came to light it's sort of shown a light on Texas that Texas wasn't so proud to have seen by the rest of the country. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, drugs and alcohol abuse and, and all that stuff, steroids were 
were prevalent in every promotion back then at that time, right? But when you when you have so many things happen in one promotion where one red flag comes up after another and comes up after another, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard not to, to look at the Von Erics, right? It's hard not to look at the Texas wrestling as, you know, either being cursed or having this uh, aura of, uh, you know, the way you described it with the looking great on the outside and, and not so great on the inside, so to speak. I have a big um, question, uh, Vinny. They're making a Hulk Hogan movie. You know, I know they've done documentaries on the Von Erichs, but why wouldn't a film about them be made? Because, God, what a story. I mean, I would think that's a more interesting story than Hulk Hogan. I mean, absolutely. Well, you know what? That's, that's good that you bring it up. Supposedly, and this is what I heard, there was an article that came out right before the pandemic. And I would, I would think like February or March or somewhere in there. And uh, that there was talk of a movie or they were working on a, a movie. And then, um, because then I talked to Johnny Mantell, and Johnny Mantell said that Kevin had a hand in helping with the movie. And, you know, I think his concern was, you know, it, it you know, well, if Kevin has a hand in writing the movie, is it going to be as actual facts as it needs to be? You know, it would he soft soap it a little bit that was what what johnny said to me you know he thought maybe with kevin having his hand in it that we might not get the full story but uh i recently heard someone was talking about the movie and for whatever reason i don't know if the plug was pulled on that or if it got pushed to the back burner but there there is talk of a movie and and you you are absolutely right that is a movie. Oh, that is yeah. A, that's a, a mini-series. Yeah. A great tragedy. But, okay, yeah. but here's the million-dollar question. Would they have someone portray Lance in that movie? Well, it's part of the story. I would think so. I don't know if they'd have I, enough time to fit it in. You know, it depends how where they would cut it off, you know, where they would, you know, if they... If they went into like Kerry's whole WWE to WWF time, they probably wouldn't have time to fit Lance in. You know, it would be hard to 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 do both things. But who knows? You know, great. Uh, uh, Evan can tell me more about movie making than I can tell him. So, <laughs> but but you know that that's that is uh, that is why. I mean that that is why we're talking about Lance today. Is because of these tragedies, you know, and because of of Lance. So if you you eliminate Lance from a Von Erich movie, uh, you know, my point is, is he played an integral part and a lot of people uh, don't give him that credit. And so I think with this book uh, and, and let's just go on the record here, Lance, you know, Lance wasn't the one who wanted to write the book. I wanted, you know, I wanted to write the book. I wanted to tell this story. And I, every time I saw Lance or 
saw some criticism of Lance or anything. I just thought, what is going on with that? It is just one of those things. Um, and I having a new a news background, you know, we we kind of get taught how to snip out stories, right? Or you know, you we see something that's a good story, and yeah, this man. is quite a story, and I and. I appreciate you sending me the book because I'm definitely going to read it. Um, I, I just had the craziest thought pop in my head, and, and Buddy will appreciate this. I, I don't want Lance to be the Shemp of the, the Three Stooges, you understand? Or the Curly Shemp Joe. Was, Shemp was funny, you know? You, he got a raw deal comparing him to Curly, like Larry Holmes after Muhammad Ali. Larry Holmes was great, but you can't follow Muhammad Ali. I think Lance got a raw deal. I, I honestly mean that. But, you know, he went overseas and uh, had a good career over there yeah, and had a good job. acting career, you know. And, uh, and and a lot of people would be surprised to know that he used the Lance Von Eric name until his final day in wrestling. The only time he used Fabulous Lance was when he was here in the United States uh, because promoters were uh, concerned that Fritz would, you know, give him a hard time or sue him for using Lance Von Eric or whatever. So that's why he used that fabulous Lance name. And he can say, hey, I have the last name of Von Eric and I live to tell the tale. You know, the, the, the other, everyone else with the last name of Von Eric didn't, didn't, live, didn't live to, you know, other than Fritz. Right. You know, when we were talking about how, like, the dark side of wrestling, so to speak, you know, um, you know, you were talking about the the Grams and, and, you know, there's other wrestlers that were killed. Well, Bruce Brody was killed. Chris Adams later was shot. And, uh, you know, when I was talking to Lance and we were... You know, when we, I remember this was in the very beginning. He'd mentioned somebody, you know, just mentioned a name and he'd say, you know, um, oh yeah, I remember I worked with him and he, he's dead now. And then after that, I started working with so and so and he's dead too. And then that was kind of like the, the thing was like, and, and he mentions in the book, you know, of all the guys that he worked with in world class and he doesn't, uh, include all of the the other two places he wrestled internationally and and uh, in Portland, but there's like I don't know he came up with like thirty thirty names or whatever and like seventy percent seventy or I think it's seventy percent seventy five percent are all under the age of fifty five. They did a study comparing a WWF pay-per-view from the late 80s to Major League Baseball, football, basketball, etc. And they said the mortality rate was much higher for the wrestlers, much higher. You, you, looked, at, you looked at one of these pay-per-views from that era, and, and tons of guys are gone, tons of them. You know, you, they have entire matches, tag team matches, where all four guys are gone. So... Um, Plus yeah. the managers, plus the refs, plus the uh, uh, announcers. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So uh, it's a it's a brutal business, and I'm glad that Lance is you know he's alive and well and thriving and 
successful businessman, as you said. And I hope I hope history is kinder to him than it has been because this happens with presidents sometimes. Not to compare a wrestler with a president, although Trump did work WrestleMania. Um, the uh, the presidents, you know, fifty years after, a hundred years after, sometimes history is kinder than you know when they were under you know intense scrutiny. And um, you know, I I I hope that wrestling and its obsessive fan base is kinder to him down the road. Yeah, I mean. And and you know what I mean? Yes, that would that would be that would be nice. I, I think if anything, you know, uh, doing this, um, I mean, I, I can't speak for him, but I do think that it was uh, a bit of a, a healing process for him. You know, we got to talk about this stuff. We talked about this stuff for a long time. It took me three years to write the book. I mean, you know, from here to now is probably three and a half years and uh, or from then to now. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting, you know, uh, this book in, in, in this book talks about the Von Erich tragedy and it talks about his journey through wrestling. And it talks about, you know, the tragedies of wrestling itself, you know, it was like steroids were prevalent, you know. Placidil was prevalent. Alcohol was prevalent. You know, he he says that uh, uh, he doesn't think that he wrestled a sober match in in Portland. You know, um, he you know, like you you said you know like look we we know what wrestling is right, and 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 we just love it. We we don't care. It, it is what it is. But you know these guys take a beating. Night oh, after yeah, night after yeah. night. And so, you know, that's where, hey, maybe a couple shots of tequila might take the edge off a little bit. Oh, hey, man, I hurt my back tonight, you know? I mean, you I mean, you follow me. And, and before you know it, the, the solution becomes a problem. Sure, sure. Um, well, but, buddy? Oh, yeah, no, I, 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 this has been fantastic. I, Really love this conversation, um, but we are actually running out of time, and I want you to have a chance not only to promote your book, but your website, and, and tell us about any projects that you have coming up or what your plans are in the future for uh, uh, maybe writing another book or something like that. Okay, so this book here, Lands by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric, you can find that on www.lancebychance.com. And you can order your book. The book has 25 chapters. It has 35 pictures. It has a um, a passage by Kevin Von Erich, Dusty Wolf, and a foreword by uh, David Manning. And um, again, I, I think people are going to be really surprised. There's a, a lot of things that I'm, I'm not sharing. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sharing some, uh, I guess public information but I, I do want you to read the book and i think you're going to walk away very surprised uh, my aunt read the book the other day and she said that um she walked away with a lot of respect for lance and so that was um i i wasn't i wasn't expecting that response so that was that was good and she's a 
not a wrestling fan. Uh, she probably would have read the book if she wasn't my aunt, but I will take the compliment anyway. And then uh, I have another website called uh, Wrestleville.com, and I write about indie wrestlers, veteran wrestlers, and it's just something I do to uh, because I enjoy I love wrestling. So, And that was how I discovered Lance. Um, as far as my future uh, projects, I'm I'm going to continue writing, and I I will probably uh, write a book. I don't know what the next subject is. People have already thrown a few names at me, um, and uh, yeah, I it's something I want to do. Um, I just I I just don't know what that next book is at this moment. Well, I really appreciate you uh, being able to be a guest. Despite the uh, technical difficulties that we were having, um, uh, uh, you know, your, your audio came in really well and, and uh, we were able to put up some pictures of the book. So, uh, you know, I hope uh, our fans will uh, uh, give it a, a shot and, and, and order some copies. Maybe it'd be a great holiday gift for anyone that's thinking of uh, a unique gift for the holidays. Oh, it's it's just in time for the holidays. So yeah, and, it, and it's an affordable book too. I think uh, again, uh, I I'm going to say this, and and whether it's you know, it doesn't sound very humble. The book is good, and the, and if the book wasn't good, I'd still be writing it because that's just how I you know I was writing this thing on the last minute, man. On the, you know, and we sent it up to the printer and they had a snag and and I still took it back and I was taking some last minute changes, which yeah. I didn't make any fans up there. But you know what? Um, I'm proud of this story. Um, I love what I, I I love what I did with it. And, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I'd still be writing on it and. Lance is pretty blown away, pretty blown away. And, and, I, and I say that because Lance was, didn't think he had a story for a book. And he didn't think that anyone would have an interest in it. And he couldn't understand why I wanted to write it. And I just kept on telling him, it's a good story. I believe in it. I know it's good. People are going to buy it. And uh, he was like, okay, but I could tell he was reluctant. And uh, now that it's said and done, he read the book. And I got the most warmest. And, and you got to understand, Lance is uh, pretty cynical. He is uh, he's the type of guy that you don't, you know, you think he's joking when he's not. And he's uh, not joking when you think he is or, you know, vice versa. And uh, he gave me the warmest compliment, and he was amazed uh, by what I produced. And uh, I tell him all the time, I said, you know what, Lance? I can't believe that, that you wrote this book with me, that we did this project, that you have a book. And he says, yeah, me neither, Vinny. There you me go. neither. <laughs> and on, on the subject of books, uh, a couple quick plugs. Grappling by Gaslight. This is wrestling in the 1880s. John Caspa and um, Buddy and myself were just kids back then in the 1880s. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> and another guest who's been on the show, everybody loves 
Mickey, Mickey Doyle, our buddy, so uh, support Friend that. The show, show. Definitely. This is my book, Apartment 4B, like in Brooklyn, growing up on the tough streets of East Flatbush, Brooklyn, in the turbulent 60s and 70s. So uh, there's a lot of books out there, support them all. I'm writing another one. And uh, I, I think every wrestler that ever stepped foot in the ring needs a, a book, right, right, um, buddy? There's a lot of stories to tell. And, and Sex, drugs, to, and rock and roll. Yeah, but thanks to guys like, like Vinny, those stories are being told. So I really appreciate you coming in as a guest this week. Um, when you have a future project, please let us know. We'd be thrilled to have you back in. I even get to ask you about Skandor Akbar. I had had even like some stuff I wanted to ask you about Skandor Akbar. So I'll have to wait till next time, and hopefully you'll do uh, some more stuff on on world class. Lance by chance, you missed the birth of your mother and father. Don't miss this book. Buy it. Support it. Three years in the making. It's very good. So any last words you'd like to have for our audience? Vinny. Guys, I had a very, very enjoyable evening speaking with you about this. This was a, a very good, uh, just a, hey, we love talking about wrestling, right? And I oh, mean, yeah. golly, I mean, this is this is what I like to do. And, and you know, when, when, when I got done with the process of writing the book, uh, my wife, um, you know, because you got to promote, you got to do this and you got to, it, it can get stressful. And my wife was like, look, you love talking about wrestling. Enjoy your time doing what you're doing. Just have fun with this. And and that's, I definitely had fun tonight and I'm um, having, having a fun journey with this book. So thank you. Thank you. I, I hope it's a big success and we're looking forward to having you as a guest in the future. And, and, look right. for, and look for our very special episode on Mark Bison Smith, one-hour tribute, Buddy Satello pouring his heart out. That's our next episode, very special, something totally different. So uh, that should wrap it up, right, Buddy? That's so true. Thank you so much for that promotion. And we'll see everyone next week. Thanks. Good night.